The Air Attack with BC The Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. I know so. All right, we're back on the Air Attack. I'm your pal, BC. Remember, follow me on Twitter at BC, a.k.a. The Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And as you just heard, you can hear the Air Attack on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. We will have an announcement probably in the next two to three weeks about something else, something else that's happening. Excuse me. Uh, just more, basically more of an opportunity for you to catch the show elsewhere. Anyway, here we are right now. A lot going on. Uh, the world continues to be COVID-obsessed, vaccine-obsessed. Who's got vaccines? Who doesn't? The Yankees and Mets have now gone basically 85-90% vaccinated in their stadiums. As a result, you can get some really cheap tickets at Yankee Stadium and at City Field right now because guess what? People don't necessarily want to be told what to put in their bodies before spending a fistful of cash schlepping back and forth to either Flushing or the South Bronx respectively, especially with the, let's just say, the atmosphere in New York City right now. Put it that way. Not, not going to be an easy sell, especially now with concerts coming back. See, now the sports teams are in competition. They want to grandstand with vaccines. Hey, they can grandstand all they want. We saw a player go down in the Euro tournament, a uh, Danish player, Christian Eriksson, I believe was his name, as they played Finland. The first thing everyone wanted to talk about, was he vaccinated? Was he? Who cares? Okay, why is everything about everything with you peoples about COVID? Pretty soon car crashes are going to be COVID. Give it a rest. It's ridiculous, and, I, and I'm sorry whether it's, the president at the G7 with these people, they're taking pictures of the G7 with people they share beds with and they're socially distancing in the pictures. Do you not understand how much nonsense that is? I mean, do you not understand that this is just an act and you want to see the best example of it? Look no further than the PGA Tour and what happened with John Rahm at the Memorial. Now, that's Jack Nicholas's tournament. They play it every year right outside Columbus, Ohio. I believe it's Dublin, Ohio at Mirafield Village over there. Uh, prestigious event. A lot of guys want to play, especially it's it's a great prep for the U.S. Open. John Rahm is dominating. He is distancing himself from the field. He's up five, six shots on Saturday. It's not supposed to happen on the PGA Tour. Yeah, maybe an amateur event somewhere. You get a kid, a local kid who's going to you know play college at Stanford. He's going to go straight to the tour out of high school or something like that. He's a prodigy. Yeah, you blow the field away. On the PGA Tour, you're not supposed to get these wins by five and six and seven shots. I know we saw Tiger do it a bunch of times, and you know what? Tiger was a freak. Just as simple as that. And John Rahm is having a freakish weekend. He's dominating. He's about to go all the way. $1.6 million, $1.8 million, something like that for first prize. Except after he gets done on Saturday. And it just happened this way. Here come PGA Tour officials with their big black masks and all. They've been making fools of themselves too. It's like we didn't see the PGA Championship where people were basically elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder, and mouth to mouth at Kiowa Island, and nothing bad happened there. It was absolute madness at Kiowa, and there hasn't been a big COVID outbreak then, and I can name NASCAR races and celebrations in the streets in Alabama or at North Carolina or anywhere else where, they, where they've actually just had hordes of people after sporting events. Everyone talked about how bad it was, and nothing bad actually happened. John Rahm tests positive for COVID-19 because he was in contact with someone else early in the week. They continued to test him. They tested him once on Saturday. They said, well, you know what? Let's test him again. He was positive the second time. He breaks down behind the 18th grade. I honestly thought his kid had died. I thought one of his parents had been in a in a in, a, in some sort of hellacious accident or something, or the the his newborn child was in some sort of grave danger. That's what I that's honestly what I thought from his reaction. Starts wiping away tears, and it, you know, it's funny. He's contaminated with COVID nineteen. 
Yeah, they walk right with him, put their arms around him, escort him into the scorer's tent. You would have thought if the guy's contaminated and he's so dangerous that they would have cleared the whole place out. I mean, he's dirty. He's contaminated with this ugly virus. Everyone clear, spread away. Code red. Code red. Now, they all escort him into the scorer's tent. He goes and exchanges scorecards. He signs a scorecard. He and his caddy are then driven in, get this, a four-seat golf cart to their car. Two other people, not one. Four, now, a four-seater golf cart, two people face forward, two people, people face the other way. But when you know someone's contaminated, what are we doing here? I thought he was dangerous. Everyone's heads are right next to each other. The whole thing's a joke. The whole thing's an absolute joke. He could have played the next day. Why not just have him and his caddy in their own group? Now, people are, are bitching and moaning about, well, you know, it gives him a competitive advantage. How? How? That happens every year. If an odd number of people make the cut, they don't play a threesome at the back. What they do, or, or, to, or to start the day, I should say, at the back of the leaderboard, they play as a single and they pair you up with somebody else. There's no reason they, could not, they couldn't have come up with some sort of contingency plan, but that's not what's going to happen. The PGA Tour has gone full-blown wokeness, and that's just how it's going to be. They want to have full crowds. They want to appease local officials, and then basically they want to buy into this nonsense. Okay, and for people to attack John Rom for not being vaccinated, you know what? Shame on you. You don't know the man. Number one, he's from Spain. If you haven't noticed, they've had issues with vaccines in Europe. Whether you like it or not, they just have. And anybody telling you how safe the vaccines are, you want to get the vaccine, go ahead. It's a new thing. You don't really, really know how safe it is or how effective it is. They have a pretty good idea. I get it. You have a team of people on there working on it. But let's face it, it's new. And there have been issues in Europe. Number two, you don't know about him. He could have some sort of allergy that precludes him from taking stuff like that. He could have some sort of objection to it on a moral level. I don't know. I don't think that's what it is. Number three, he just had a child. How come his child is fine? How come his wife is fine? How come he's fine without getting vaccinated? Okay, I haven't heard any updates about John, John Rom wasting away in isolation right now. Apparently, he's doing just fine. And I felt a little less sorry for him when he went along with this on Twitter. Basically saying this is what we have to do. These are precautions we have to take. A year ago, while cities burned to the ground and people were getting killed in protests, John, John Rahm was posting encouraging messages to Black Lives Matter. So you know what? Those are his politics. Congratulations. His politics just cost him close to $2 million. Bottom line. While fools scream and yell about how much he deserves it, you have no idea what he deserves. Be quiet, you fool. In fact, a lot of people, I was told by a few people this past week that they have friends whose wives are pregnant, and that they're, they're told that it's a little risky to be around a pregnant woman if you just got vaccinated because your body may shed you know, certain materials, what have you, okay? I don't, I don't know the science, that, that inside and out, but apparently they have warned pregnant couples, hey, be careful about getting vaccinated. You might not want to do that right now. But everyone knows what's best for John Rom so that they can satisfy this irrational urge to tell people what to do because they've done it themselves. It's absolutely fucking nuts. And you've seen the problem across the country. About half the country is getting vaccinated and half the country isn't. It depends on the area. They're having a problem with Trump supporters getting vaccinated. Okay, telling them what to do. Maybe if you hadn't spent the last five years telling Trump supporters that they were white supremacists, they'd listen to Michelle Obama when she says to get vaccinated. I don't know, maybe. They're talking about Trump doing a PSA. Why doesn't he do a public service announcement and tell people to get vaccinated? When has he been invited to do a public service announcement? Can someone explain that to me? You think they're gonna, you think what, President Bush? You think uh, President Obama's going to stand there elbow to elbow with Donald Trump? Well, I guess they would socially distance because they have to stand 25 feet apart for the, for the theater of it all. Anyway, you get the point. They're going to share a stage with Donald Trump? No, he's the Capitol riot guy. You can't have that happen. So they're not, they, they have no interest in having him do anything 
with them whatsoever when it comes to telling people to get vaccinated. And to show you how this all comes full circle, you know the PGA Championship was supposed to be next year? Trump National and Bedminster. Not happening anymore because remember, yeah, that's right, Capitol Riot guy. But it's not just Trump people. In New York City, they're having a problem getting non-white people. So what are they doing? They're running ads with doctors who are not white. They're black, they're Latino, what, India, whatever. They're just, just a diverse group of doctors except for white people. Okay? Bottom line. And they get up there and they say, hey, listen, we are people of color and doctors because apparently there's some blind people watching the television. But when they do this, they, get, they, and they, do, the, they do radio ads too, to be fair. Anyway, they get up there and they tell you, hey, listen, we understand you might not want to trust the government, especially when you continue to be the victims of unjust violence. They have to throw their goofy politics into literally everything. Is it possible that Trump supporters and white people and non-Trump supporters and black people and all people and just people have an inherent distrust when it comes to these vaccines? Is that possible? Is it possible you push the COVID stuff so far and ruin so many lives in the process that people are tired of you and your bullshit? Have you ever considered that? Look what happened at the French Open. Djokovic is playing. I think it was his match against Nadal. Or maybe it was the, I think it was the match before he beat Nadal. They have a curfew in Paris, apparently 9 p.m. They extended it to 11 p.m. for this match. Well, guess what happened next? It was a good match. The match extended past 11 so they had to halt the match to get everyone to leave the stadium at Roland Garros. I'm not kidding. This actually happened. The problem is, guess what? The fans didn't want to leave. So they had to have Djokovic leave the court. Both players had to leave the court, obviously. There's a big delay. There's a whole undertaking. They had to come back out and warm up again. Djokovic isn't the same. He's bitching and moaning like he always does. It's a disaster. What are we doing here? At Wimbledon, you know what they just announced? Good for them. Imagine the timing, guys. Imagine the fortuitous timing here. They're going to have a full stadium for the finals. Somehow they figured out that COVID will have gone away by the finals at the All England. Isn't that great? Can you, I mean, imagine the luck. Imagine the timing. It just happened that way. My goodness. I mean, people are out of their minds with some of this stuff, trying to cram it down your throats. I'm all for being safe. I'm all for being considerate and respectful. But can we please knock off the bullshit now? My goodness. All right, I think that's enough COVID stuff for, uh, for one show. There, is, uh, there are three more stories I want to get to here that all have one theme. we got some other stuff after that, too. But I, this is a story I think the mainstream media will shy away from. I think you'll hear about the story, but they're not going to go back. Like, ESPN's not going to go back and forth on this. There's a linebacker from Virginia Tech. I hope I'm getting his name right. It's Isemimen Etute. I think that's his name. Charged with second-degree murder. He's 18 years old. He's a linebacker on the Virginia Tech football team. Accused of punching and killing a 40-year-old man. Well, hey, you shouldn't do that, right? Here's the thing. He met the guy on Tinder. He didn't think he was meeting a man. He thought he was meeting a woman named Angie. And apparently, this kid had been at the, the guy's apartment, who's also 40 years old, by the way. Minor detail. The guy had been, They had been at the guy's apartment on April 10th. And the guy, let's just say things got intimate. But they didn't have like conventional sex, so he still thought the guy was a woman somehow. Went back to the guy's house at the end of May, looks like Memorial Day, to basically hook up again, and then discovers that Angie was actually a guy. But finds out that it's actually a dude. Punches the guy, starts stomping him, and then leaves him there. And a few days later, the cops find the guy dead. And, I, you know, now the kid apparently was questioned by the cops, and unfortunately, instead of just shutting the hell up, he talked. And he said he could hear the guy gurgling and fighting for his breath and everything like that. He just left him there. He's charged with second-degree murder. And I think I saw something where they tried to plea him out for like 40 years and he turned him down. They're going to have a hard time convicting that kid. And in, in a lot of states, 
They've gotten rid of the defense that, hey, listen, I lost it when I found out that, that this woman was actually a man. They've actually made it where attorneys cannot use that as a defense anymore. That doesn't mean a jury is going to convict the kid. And they said the courtroom, when they were when they were basically granting the kid bail, like I think they got him out on $75,000 bail and allowed him to basically go home. He's got to stay, basically got to stay at his parents' house. That's what it comes down to. They don't normally allow bail in these cases, but they allowed it in this case. You get the feeling here that the judge is sympathetic to what the kid's going through. Remember, he's 18 years old. The kid, I'm sorry, the kid deserves to have a life. You're talking about a 40-year-old man posing as a woman on Tinder. Now, listen, I'm telling you guys, you want to roll the dice on Tinder? Go ahead. This is the kind of shit that goes on. The dating apps don't care what they do to you. There's two things that are, that are huge red flags when you're dating. Okay, dating apps and dating advice that comes from the media. You're dating a girl that gets her advice from the internet or, or from the media. I'm telling you right now, run. Because all she's going to hear is about, is about how much of a jerk-off she's allowed to act like, and it's not her fault. And you could even throw something else that we talked about last week in there, and that's the whole mental health profession. Okay, I mean, I could make your jaw drop in some of the stories I've heard with women who went to therapy and were told things like, it's okay to cheat on your husband. You can't help it that your heart is that big. I'm not even kidding. And the whole idea is to basically tell people what they want to hear, but to keep the problems going. And then who benefits? Hey, these dating apps. I just, that's, just, I, that's, just the, that's just the truth, guys. I, they, the dating apps don't care about what kind of problems you encounter. You probably signed something in your terms of service that absolves them of any kind of guilt. But the bottom line is the kid is 18 years old, thinks he's meeting a female over there. Now, maybe the kid you know, didn't have the best judgment either. And I'm not saying that you go and you beat the shit out of somebody and you stomp them. But I am saying that to, to suggest that a guy's not going to lose it, okay, if that happens enough times, is ridiculous. That is absolutely preposterous. This is a 40-year-old man luring an 18-year-old kid, not once, but twice, to his home for sex under false pretenses. Uh, that, that, that is not normal behavior. And that might not be politically correct, especially in the month of June where there's, there's rainbow flags everywhere. Okay, maybe that, that's not the cool thing to say. I don't care. No one else wants to say it. No problem. I'll say it. It's, it's absolutely patently absurd. We could also get into a conversation about how it's Mother's Day in May, right? Then we have Memorial Day. We have Father's Day, Flag Day, Independence Day in July, but it's Pride Month. The, the rainbows, they get a month of that, right? Okay, got it. It's all politics, people. I'm sorry. Just how it is. Staying on that theme, a girl named Kelly Stewart, known better to the gambling world as Kelly in Vegas, was hired and fired very quickly by ESPN a couple weeks ago. Gets hired. Now, here's the whole thing about it. It was a bad firing. She got fired for tweets from 2012, I think they said, that she had apparently deleted. The problem is when you give out picks, and here's why it's a bad hire, and you're not really good at your job, People are maybe going to take offense to that. They don't like the fact that you're giving out picks on the air and acting like some kind of expert. Because eventually you're going to find people that actually follow these picks and lose money. And apparently that's what happened. Either some degenerate gambler took screenshots of her lousy picks in her, in her lousy tweets, or somebody dug up these tweets, which almost would suggest that it's an inside job at ESPN. There's a way you can get to old tweets that are already deleted. I think people who do that are just scumbags. That's all there is to it. The bottom line is if... Whatever dirt you have on somebody is reduced to something that they said online eight or nine years ago, then how bad of a person are they really? Honestly. And if the bad tweets are that bad, well, why did Twitter ever allow them to begin with? Why didn't Twitter flag? There's Twitter, Twitter can flag all kinds of things. We just saw over the last year, if you dared go against conventional thought with COVID or Dr. Fauci, if you talked about hydroxychloroquine, all of a sudden it gets flagged by Twitter. Well, how come all these so-called offensive tweets can't be flagged as well? 
The reality is that they can be flagged. Twitter just doesn't want to because Twitter thinks this is funny to have certain people, not all people, but certain people, have their old tweets used against them. That's what happened to Kelly Stewart. The problem is she calls herself a professional handicapper, like, like air quotes, professional handicapper. Anybody who actually takes the stuff seriously knows that that simply is not the case. There's no possible way she's supporting herself with the picks that she makes, and I'm being kind when I say that. But I'll tell you how you know this. You want to talk about a red flag when someone's giving gambling advice. Anyone giving gambling advice who tells you follow or fade, fade means you go against them. So in other words, there's so many haters out there who are onto the fact that she doesn't really pick winners. She's suggesting that you follow her and click on her picks just so you can go the other way. No one who says that is actually supporting themselves with the picks they're giving out. And I mean nobody. That's just somebody who wants to be an Instagram star, a Twitter star, a Facebook star. And the, the, or the old tweets, the old tweets were, I guess, uh, they were labeled as homophobic. She called a bunch of guys homos. I think she might have used stronger language than that. And that's enough to get her fired. Jeffrey Tubin can pull his pants down. He can drop his drawers on a Zoom call. I don't care if it was accidental or not. That's what he did. Okay, and start going to town on his erect penis, and that's okay to come back to CNN. But at ESPN, they got to draw the line at some bad words from 2012. My God, I tell you what, go to the grocery store sometime, okay, and say bad words in front of five people, and then start masturbating in front of, in front of five other people. You see which one gets the cops there faster. That's just how it is right now because of politics. Simple as that. And you had another situation in the U.S. men's national team in the, what was it, the CONCACAF Nations League final? I'm not sure how that differs from the Gold Cup. Anyway, it is what it is. The Nations League final against Mexico. Game is being played in Denver. Apparently, there's a tradition with Mexican fans that whatever the opposing goalie, whoever it is, and I didn't realize this until this game. I had heard rumblings about this, but I, I assumed for a second maybe the, maybe the goalie on the U.S. team was gay. And they were making homophobic slurs and homophobic remarks. It just turns out they do that any time an opposing goalie handles the ball or kicks the ball. It's like, it's like, it's like a Mexican tradition. I'm sorry, but th some things are so ignorant that they're funny. And that's what was happening here. And people on Twitter, and again, follow me on Twitter at BCAK, the man. You can follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. People on Twitter are saying, man, I can't believe this slur, this chant is still a part of the Mexican tradition. I can't believe it. It's got no place in the game. Fox announcers playing along. You know, this is just unacceptable. It's got no place in soccer. It just has no place in soccer. I, I, I can't believe it. The official stopped the game. The, the, the slur was puto, which they said means gay male prostitute. I speak a little bit of Spanish, and I interacted with some Spanish-speaking people during this game. They said, no, it means bitch. I mean, if CONCACAF really cared that much, they would do more than just stop the game. And they threatened to pull the players off the field. They, they did, you know, they did do that. But they just stopped the game for a few minutes. They put a message up on the scoreboard, and then it, the game keeps going. Here's the thing, though. If CONCACAF really cared, they'd put more security in the stands. And the reason you know that's true, look what's happened in some of these NBA games where they have been able to ID fans almost immediately. I mean, it's taken, in some cases, a couple of hours to get fans pulled from the stadium and banned for life because they've been able to identify them. So don't tell me there's not a way that if CONCACAF really cared about this chant that they could do something about it. The bottom line is they're not going to do that. You know why? Because it's better to have them chanting and paying for tickets as opposed to saying, hey, listen, if you do it, we're going to drag a bunch of Mexicans out of a stadium in Denver. Are you kidding me? That's not going to go over well. So again, the politics are why people complain about it. Then the politics are, are why it's allowed to go on. But here's what was really preposterous. 
The game's tied 2-2, so it goes to extra time. It's a, it's a tournament game, so it's, there are no draws. It goes another another half an hour. If there's no winner after that, goes to goes to penalty kicks. Kristen Pulisic, USA's best player, converts a penalty with probably like, I don't know, 10 minutes to go. Goes to the corner and starts basically, you know, pointing at the Mexican fans. They start throwing a bunch of shit on the field. And one of the USA players got hit by a bottle. And the announcers were more upset about the bad words than by the flying debris. And I, I we, we talked about this when the NBA was having an issue with the fans behaving, behaving a certain way in the first round of the playoffs. And when Kyrie got hit with a bottle, people said, oh, it's the big deal. I said, it is a big deal. If there's something in the bottle, you could really do some damage. Get him in the eye or something. There's nothing funny about doing it. Just don't do it. And you know what? Nobody did anything to those fans either. I didn't see one member of security go, to that, go that direction. I didn't see one cop go that way. You know why? Because security and cops cost money. That's why. And then on the other side of the field, there was a skirmish towards the end of the game when Mexico realized they were losing. So there's a lot of pushing and shoving. I mean, a lot of pushing and shoving. And it's, it's, they're just, it's just soccer fighting. It's not like hockey or basketball. They don't really want to fight. I mean, the Mexican team doesn't really want any part of the U.S. players. There's a couple of small guys on the U.S. team, but by and large, give me a fucking break. I mean, some of the guys on the U.S. soccer team look like they could play in the NFL. They couldn't, but they look like they could. So they don't really want to fight, but, you know, a little soccer shoving. A little, you know, basically a little, little theater. And what happens? Debris starts flying again. And, the, you know, from people in the stadium, the, the consensus was that it was coming from the Mexican fans. And again, nothing happens. So, you know, give me a break with the whole, listen, the Mexican fans have dirty mouths. They got dirty mouths. I mean, for everybody to posture and act like it's going to go anywhere anytime soon, it's not going to. Because if you tell them they can't do that, you know what? Mexicans buy tickets to these games too. That's just how it is. We have a lot of, you know, you know the United States got a lot of culture in it. So when these tournament games are held in the United States, they want Mexican fans there. It's great for the environment. You got teams from two different countries. And sometimes it's not just the U.S. and Mexico. I mean, there's, you take, take your pick. Any Central American team's going at it. Okay, that's going to be very, very tense. And yeah, once in a while it gets it goes overboard, and that's just how it is. But that chance not going anywhere anytime soon. But the bottom line is that chance not putting anyone in danger. But uh, you know, an American player getting hit with a bottle, and then a Mexican player got hit with a full looked like a, a full sixteen or twenty ounce beer that was just heaved from the stands. Got hit right in the head. It's ridiculous. But just, I mean, honestly, it just it's just more posturing from the U.S. men's national team, from Concacaf, from Fox Sports. Because, again, politics. Politics, politics, politics. Everyone's got to put on this act like they care so much about something that really they don't care that much at all about. And not for nothing. And that, you know, keeping with that theme, a couple games later, the U.S. men's national team comes out with, with jerseys that have rainbow colors on it, you know, to celebrate pride. Did they do anything like that for Memorial Day? Are they doing something like that for July 4th? No, because you know what? Apparently the trendy thing is, is the gay pride stuff. Not the patriotic stuff, the pride stuff. And to me, I'm sorry, but if you want to honor one and not the other, that's a little bit weird. That's just a little bit weird. Meanwhile, the women's team is still fighting for their, uh, what, what they call equal pay, which is a joke. They were told, a, a judge tossed out their equal pay lawsuit because it's laughable. And U.S. Soccer came out this week and said, look, if we were to pay you the same thing we pay the men, given the prize money, okay, from FIFA and the way there's a disparity between the men and the women, you could bankrupt the organization. We don't have the money. And the U.S. women's national team is still... And this is basically the majority of the team. It's not just one or two loudmouths. It's most of them. They are basically still trying to paint themselves as victims, and we are getting down to it here where we're only about five, six weeks away from the Olympics. You watch. I would not rule out some kind of goofy protest. Maybe they threaten not to go. I don't know. And quite frankly, I don't care. I'm, I'm done watching them. I could care less what they do.
I find their behavior to be absolutely absurd. I, I, these antics I find to be incredibly childish. I understand you want more money. I understand maybe it's just business. My understanding is that their collective bargaining agreement is up this year. So you know what? Negotiate a new one. If you know, if you know better now, then go ahead and negotiate a new one. But they, they're chasing money that from the past that really just isn't there. The money isn't there. And the, the disparity in prize money, I think it's like 7 or 8 to 1, men versus women in FIFA. And that's not going to change. I know in the French Open and some of these other tournaments, they've gone ahead and equalized the, the, the prize money a little bit. That's fine. If you took a look at just the last Women's World Cup, some of these games were being played in front of like, it looked like ten or 15,000 fans in stadiums that hold 50,000 people. That's just what it is. It's just the reality. Why do you have to make me say it? And I'm talking about the games involving the U.S., like the good teams. Just imagine the teams, like the, the games that are being played between the bad teams. There's no one at those games. That's just reality, and they make a lot of money that way. And obviously, when it comes to, to television viewing, it's sort of the same dynamic. You know, no one wants to watch the women from Thailand play the women from Iceland. They just don't. That, that's, just, that, that's just reality. It's just life. So we'll see. But you watch this. Going up to the Olympics... And during the Olympics, you watch, not one member of that team will do an interview without mentioning that lawsuit. And they have a new collective bargaining agreement coming up, uh, apparently, at the end of this year, like I said. Well, you know what? If their ratings go down during the Olympics, it's not exactly going to help their leverage negotiating any new contract going forward. I mean, I would just, honestly, I would play soccer, but they obviously feel differently about it. They're getting some advice and, and really, in my opinion, some bad advice, but they can do whatever they want to do. Me personally, the more I have to be inundated with politics and political messaging, during sporting events, especially with two national teams, which are supposed to be, you know, uniting forces, not divisive. You know what? I lose interest and I just change the channel. Just like a lot of things lately. I just say, you know what? I don't have to watch this shit. Leave me alone. So, I, I mean, I, I barely, I honestly, I don't even touch ESPN outside of live sports anymore. Even college game day. As soon as Maria Taylor comes on, you're like, okay, here we go again. See you later. Click. That's just how it goes. So, and, and that, I personally think long-term, this is not a good move for the U.S. women's national team. Unfortunately, you have players on this team right here that know that their days are numbered, so they're trying to cash in right now. College football. There is talk now of a 12-team uh, college football playoff. Notre Dame would be on the outside looking into this because the top four teams would get buys, and Notre Dame could obviously be part of it, but they just couldn't be one of the top four teams. I'm not sure I agree with all that. There should be something else, probably some kind of provision in there. I think one reason they're hesitant to do that for Notre Dame is that Notre Dame had things pretty much their own way with the BCS, where they could always get into a BCS bowl game over more deserving teams. There's probably a little animosity there. Notre Dame wants to stay independent. This is just how it is. It'll mean going forward, if this, if this model sticks, that Notre Dame would have to win one more game if they were ranked in the top five or, or top four of the country. They'd have to win one more game than if there was some sort of clause that would allow them to get a bye. Um, but overall, am I surprised? No, I'm not. I'm surprised it's 12 teams. I didn't think they'd go this route because now 12 teams, uh, you'd have... Uh, Teams 5 through 12, battling it out in the first round, then you'd be left with an 18 playoff. So you, so basically four weeks of this, it really just turns into another NCAA tournament. Uh, that, that's really what it is. It just happens to be in football and not in basketball. And it, you know it's great for everything. I, I think what, the, what is going to happen, though, is the can of worms opens up even more when it comes to paying the players. And I know there are all kinds of bills and legislation that's pending and everything like that, but uh, you're going to have people squawking that the players aren't getting enough money. And I think that's just going to be part of it. What I really hope happens is that it opens the door for some of the mid-major teams to come in and play. And I'm talking about meaningful, meaningful games here. You know, Cincinnati just beat Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Oh, big deal. Yeah, but, but look how many players on Georgia weren't playing that game. That game meant everything to Cincinnati and very little to Georgia because it was a disappointment for Georgia not to be in the playoff. 
understand these would be actual these would be games that count as much as any games these kids have played their entire careers now would kids still sit out some of these bowl games that the kid you know was on a, a team that was ranked 11th and let's say he went to texas or something like that and he was projected as a late first round pick would he go ahead and opt out of some of these games he'll probably deal with some of those scenarios yeah but you'll deal with a lot fewer of those scenarios it used to be a big deal to go to a bcs bowl game then it was like yeah who cares you know, but when Boise State beat Oklahoma that year, there weren't a lot of guys in Oklahoma sitting out that game, if I recall correctly. And that was a big deal for Boise State to take them to overtime and then eventually win, you know, the, the, the Statue of Liberty play, the whole thing. It was a lot of fun. Now you get to see that, that dynamic, but in a game that is a tournament game. And we've seen that in basketball, and it's been wildly successful, and it's wildly entertaining. And you know what? You reward the teams. The top four teams get buys, just not Notre Dame. And that is a little bit weird. I, I will, you know, any Notre Dame fan that's got a problem with that, I would actually kind of side with you. You guys have had your own way with the BCS. You snuck your way into some BCS games that you probably shouldn't have. I guess this is kind of payback, but to me, it's a little over the top, if you ask me. I'm not surprised they went to a playoff. I am surprised they're going to 12 teams, if that's the way it plays out. And I think it would be, I think it would be just tremendous, tremendous fun. It really would. It, you know, that would really be a busy time, getting to the end of the NFL season, and then NFL playoffs and college playoffs. Maybe some Friday night games to, to sort of leave the NFL games alone. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how, they, how that would play out, but I think that would be a lot of fun. And finally this week, out of the NFL, Julio Jones is now a Tennessee Titan in what is another move that people just tend to overreact to. Whenever you see a star player going somewhere else, all of a sudden, you know, the odds on the team plummet to win their division or win the conference or win the Super Bowl. I don't think this really changes things all that much. I mean, it does. It's Julio Jones. But remember something. The guy played nine games last year. Pretty durable player, pretty reliable until last year. Now, I'm sure there were games he could have gone last year, but he just said, hey, listen, I'm not doing this to myself. I, I want to go somewhere else next year, so why am I putting myself through all this? I get that. I like the guy. I got no problem with him. I think he's, I think he's, a, I think he's a great NFL receiver. 32 years old, not necessarily old, but it's certainly not young anymore. Everyone's just making a mess in their pants like he and A.J. Brown are going to be unstoppable. Remember something. Arthur Smith, ironically enough, is now the head coach of the Falcons. The Titans promoted their tight ends coach to go ahead and be the offensive coordinator. There could be a little adjustment period here. So before you guys go crazy with all this, understand a couple things. A couple years ago, you all were crowning the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl champions because they brought in Odell Beckham Jr. and they signed a couple guys on defense. And look how that turned out. Now, the Brown, I expect the Browns to have a big year this year, but sometimes these things take time. And in the process, things change. Guys get hurt. The Titans had problems last year on their offensive line. So you think that you would expect just injury luck to go better on offense this year. But defense, the injuries weren't were the problem last year. The problem on defense last year for the Titans is that they don't have any good players. I mean, that defense is terrible. And that's one of the reasons I think Julio Jones wanted to get the hell out of Atlanta because no lead was ever safe. He wasn't going anywhere there. But it's just kind of, to me, it's sort of ironic. He goes, to, he goes to the team that Arthur Smith left to go ahead and play for another team that just doesn't really play very much defense. I understand this might have been the best option available to him. I understand that, you know what, he gets to go live in Nashville now, which is obviously a wonderful place to live. But for some of you saying, oh, I know the, I know the Titans are winning the AFC now, or you know what, I'm going to take them to go over the total every time. But don't you realize... You're not the only one that thinks that. And Vegas, when they post these numbers, takes into account people who think exactly the way you do. Okay, so if you can't you know, understand that or process that before you go ahead and throw your money at the window, or you can't understand that Julio Jones being there isn't necessarily just going to take the Titans to the promised land, especially with that sieve of a defense that they have, you know what? You're probably better off sticking to fantasy, letting the big boys tackle the gambling. Just how it is. 
And that is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at BCAK The Man. Follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, The Air Attack with BC The Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with Lace. Here is All Right, All Right. I am BC The Man. We will see you guys next time on The Air Attack. Ain't nothing fake in the morning we can bake And then we ride, you know we slide To the other side, all night we gon' vibe Go drink and smoke, so roll up I know you about that, so shout and turn up You got money, you make them big bucks On Instagram with your big buck, huh? I like your style, I like your smile Let's get wild for a while, maybe have a child high I'm just joking, smoking something potent Cause you know that getting to the money's more potent Boss girl, and I'm a boss too. So let's do what we do and make the boss moves. I got your number, so I'ma call you. And this is what I thought when I saw you. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. All right, all right, all right, all right. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. Like a queen, all about your green, every day pursue your dream. You bossed up, you laced out, cause you out here on the grind, doing what they ain't proud. You ain't about no drama, ain't worry about these hoes. You laughing at these niggas, you focused on your goals. I-N-D-E, girl, you independent. M-I-A, 305, girl, I represent it. You a hustler, I'm a hustler, one thing in common. Let's get this money, I know you hear it calling. Dumb sucker haters, they fear to see us falling. They want to see us falling, but they won't. Cause we can't laugh it straight to the bank. After that, we blowing dank, so shout it what you think. You deserve a man, a man that understands. Step before this love, we gotta get some grants. Business before pleasure. Yeah, mama, do your thing, get more cheddar. Holla at your boy whenever. And this the last thing I had to tell ya. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. Alright, 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 alright. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. Straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the boot, to the boot. Left it straight to the bank, to the bank. Left it straight to the boot, to the boot. 